Dick, good morning everyone. Uh, welcome from my side as well. Those of you who are visiting, my name is Jonathan. It's my privilege to be able to lead this congregation together with a group of elders. And, and we're really excited about today. Normally, we're excited about gathering and gathering as a church. We believe we value the value of being spiritual family, getting together, connecting with each other, and connecting with God. But this morning is even more special in that we're starting a new sermon series called Abide. Now, for those of you who've been part of our spiritual family for a while, we'd know this, but for clarity's sake, I'm going to repeat it again. Every beginning of the year, we as a global spiritual family unite around a certain theme. We are not just building into our local congregations. We remind ourselves that we're part of something bigger. And those of you who don't know, we're part of an international movement of churches called Every Nation. And we're in many different countries. And once a year, throughout the world, all our churches preach on the same theme for a couple of weeks and during that time, we set aside a week of prayer and fasting. Now, for us, it is this week. This week, we have our prayer and fast. And like Cindy shared earlier on, um, this is really a, a, a time that we value as a family. It's something that we enjoy doing as a family, as, as strange as it might seem, that we say we enjoy going without food. It's simply because we've seen God do and answer so many prayers and things in these times of consecrating ourselves. And I really, really want to encourage you that it, not this week that you would fast with us and pray with us. If you're uncertain how to fast, all the details are in the resources that explains what you can fast from, what you cannot fast from, um, what, what, what is fasting, and, and also it doesn't help with fast if we don't pray. But we're excited about this week and We've already heard we have a couple of prayer events. Those of you who can't join us tomorrow morning, we also have an online prayer. And the link for that online prayer is available on our platforms. But do make yourself available to fast and to pray. And do commit with us as we preach the next couple of weeks on this theme, Abide. I shared with our team this morning, it's such a, it's such a humble thought for me to think that somewhere in China, someone is hearing similar message than us today. Somewhere in London, there's a, a man, a woman, a, a child, a youth sitting there and he's hearing this message of abide. Somewhere in the U.S., whatever they are facing, all over the world as a global church, we're uniting and in this next couple of weeks, we're preaching into the same themes. Can you imagine what happens in a church when all of us unite around this? And we allow the Spirit of God to speak to us. The idea behind abide is that as we abide in the Word of God. Now, the word abide is a, is a verb. It requires action. It's not just sitting around. It is to remain. It's to, in, in, um, to deliberately decide to remain in the Word of God. That we will discover the power and the beauty of God's Word. And I love this idea. Just thinking over the last two years, we've gone through so many things, not just in our church, but in our nation and around the world. And I think all of us have seen the, the need to be rooted in something, to have stability. And we're starting this year to say we're going to abide in the Word of God and we're going to see how the Word of God is powerful 
and beauty, beautiful, and how it changes our lives. And, and today's sermon is called, The Word Became Flesh. The way we're going to abide, the way we're going to look at this sermon series, we're going to look at a different scriptures throughout the book of John in the next five weeks. And today we're specifically going to start with the beginning, John 1. Now, if you're not familiar with the Bible, uh, the Apostle John, uh, or one of the disciples, one of the close disciples to Jesus, his description and account of the life of Jesus looks a lot different than that of Mark, Matthew, and Luke. Um, Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John is the Gospels, explains the life and ministry of Jesus. But John's description is a lot different than the others. In John, we find a much more personal revelation of Jesus. In John, we have many more personal and intimate conversations, whereas the other Gospels gives more uh, factual accounts of what Jesus did. So I love reading through the book of John in that we get something about the relational side of Jesus. And we're going to start, we're going to look at, at John 1, but before we do it, let's pray together. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. And Lord, as we start this series, Abide, we want to start by saying, Lord, we, we want to remain in your word. We want to remain in your presence, Lord. And Lord, I pray now that as we turn to your word, that you would help us to remain in your truth as well. That you would, by your spirit, guide our thoughts and our emotions, that it's in line with what you want to convey and say this morning. Lord, protect us against anything that wants to steal and take away from what you want to speak to us, Lord. And I pray that in this moment, that through your spirit, that you will be a personal God that speaks to our hearts directly. I pray this morning that you would speak to us as individuals. That you would call people where they are, and that you would speak into their hearts and their circumstances. We ask this in line with your will and by the power of your spirit. Amen. So we're going to read together There's a couple of verses there in John 1. Please follow me if you can. John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. I love this piece of scripture. 
there's so many things that we can look at and preach about. And, and this, just, this, this couple of verses is just packed. Jesus. And in a sense, it's, it's difficult this morning just to stick to one or two ideas. And I really want to encourage you as we go through this series that we'll have many moments like this where we just cannot unpack everything that's happening. And I want to encourage you that you would go back and read and allow the Spirit of God to speak to you. But this morning, we're going to focus on something specific. Now, if I said to you this morning that we have a special guest with us, how will you respond? Some of you are excited. Some of you are curious. You want to know. Some of you go, oh, no, man. Why? Just, why? Well, can't be just normal. But, but if I told you there's a special guest this morning, and we're going to zoom in, Elon Musk, how do you respond? Oh, it's Sunday. Some of you go like Elon Musk. Oh, this is fantastic! How did you? How did you? How were you able to get Elon to, to, to zoom in? He's not really here. Those of you who are excited, go. Some of you, some of you, might go Elon what? Who? Elon Musk. Or if I said, well, Cristiano Ronaldo is joining us this morning. Yeah, oh, who, who did that? We need to speak afterwards. Okay. There's some, some form of joy. Greg, you know what I'm talking about. Manchester yeah. United. But some of us uh, are excited. If I were to tell some of the children and youth, Cristiano would roll the you, they would be excited. I know my two boys would go crazy. And yet again, some of us might go, what? Cristiano Ronaldo, is he like a chef or great composer? What if it was Oprah? I know some of you are sitting here, you have no idea who's Oprah. It was way back. You know, she had this big talk show. Oprah Winfrey did quite a few things throughout the world. If you had an opportunity to meet her this morning, are you excited? What have I told you? Our special guest for this morning is none other than John Peters. I'm still glad that Cindy loves you. See, what we know about the person whose name I mentioned will determine how we respond. If you know what Elon Musk is doing, if you understand his story, if you know what he had to go through, if, you, if you're a, almost like a fan, and I mentioned that he's here this morning, you would respond differently. If you know who's Cristiano Ronaldo, if you, if you know some of the significant things that he's done in sport, if you know about him, you would respond differently. Some of us know John. That's why I got a cheer this morning. Some of us don't. And for some of us, John is just another guy in church. But for some of us, he's something different. The, that what you know about the person will determine how you respond towards that person. So this morning, we need to ask ourselves, what do you know and believe about Jesus? Jesus. 
Because we will respond to Jesus based on who we perceive him to be. It's the same principle. That what you know and believe about Jesus will determine how you will respond to him. And there's this danger that growing up in a Christian culture, uh, a culture where we've become familiar with the message of Jesus, that we might stop believing really who he is. What do you know and believe about Jesus? Because that will determine your response towards him. That will determine how you live towards him. A.W. Tozer said, the most uh, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most impo- important thing about us. Your picture of Jesus, your picture of God, the Father of the Holy Spirit, will determine how you interact, how you respond to Jesus, respond to the Father, respond to the Holy Spirit. And therefore, as we start the series of Abide, we need to ask ourselves, what are we thinking When we think about Jesus, when we think about the Father, when we think about God, what comes to mind? You see, the whole purpose of the Gospel of John is to help us to see Jesus for who He really is. The end of the book of John, in John 20, verse 31, John writes, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The purpose of John's letter, the book of John, was so that we may know Jesus. So how does he start? How does he introduce Jesus to us? He starts by saying, in the beginning was the Word. He introduces Jesus as the Word. This is interesting. The word, the word that he uses here, and now you have to follow me when I say word and word, okay? The word that he uses for the word is a Greek word called logos. And this word is translated, it means a word as embodying an idea, a divine utterance, a word being the expression of a thought. See, by calling Jesus the word, John calls him the embodiment of the revelation of God. The embodiment of the revelation of the nature of God. In the life of Jesus, we see God's heart being revealed. We see the wisdom of God being revealed. We see the grace of God being revealed. If we look at the Word, the revealed will of God, the revealed nature of God, we see all the embodiment of this. In other words, if you want to see a revelation of God, then you have to look at the life of Jesus. If you want to get an understanding of who God is, you have to look at the life of Jesus. And in these couple of verses, there's certain things that we see about the nature of God that is revealed in the life of Jesus. And we're going to look at three specific things that we see in the life of Jesus in these couple of verses about the nature of God. So if you want to know who God is, and you look at Jesus, and John starts here, he says these are some of the things. First thing we see about God, the nature of God, is the creator. Jesus, 
He says, in the beginning, Jesus was part of creation. He was with God. He created with God. John says, the creator of all things desires to be near. In verse 4, the word became flesh and he dwelled amongst us. Now think about this. God drew near to us, not the other way around. This morning, yes, we're trying to draw near to God, but ultimately God drew near to us first. He initiated the relationship. He initiates forgiveness. He initiates restoration. He initiates, I want to, to experience me. God, the creator of all things, desires to be near. It's he who initiates this relationship that we may experience new life in him. And not only did Jesus draw near, but even today, God wants to draw draw near to us. He wants to be a father. Sent the Spirit to be near to us and with us always. The second thing we, what we see about the nature of God, the creator of all things desires to be known. It's not just that God wants to be near, but he also wants to be known. Then in verse 8, the relation of the Father has made him known. Jesus has come and revealed the Father to us so that we may know God. See, God is not just this far off, distant, and God that's not wanting to be involved in our lives. He wants to be near and he wants us to know him. He invites us that we can get to know him. The honest truth is, sometimes it's difficult for us to relate to God. He's just too great and beyond our understanding. The reality is we don't know God as we should. But God sent his son. Jesus was fully God. Became a man. So that we may relate to him. And in his his being a man. In the way that he lived. He revealed to us the father. And if we look to Jesus. We get to know the father. On one occasion the disciples come to Jesus. And they ask Jesus to show them the father in John 14. Jesus answers, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do not know him, and have, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. I thought about this. Philip's just saying, if you just show us God, that will be enough for us. That, that will follow you, we serve you, and... If we had that opportunity, just show us God this morning. How would we respond? This is what Jesus said. Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. We can know God because of Jesus. You might be sitting here this morning and the idea of God, the Father, is so difficult for you to relate to that, that God, maybe because of the home that you grew up, maybe because of your understanding of a father. This morning, there's good news in knowing that in Jesus, we see the heart of the father. And you might struggle to relate to the father, but you can turn to Jesus and see and experience the father. 
Through the life of Jesus, God the Father has made himself known to us. And there's no reason why we can say today, we don't know God. No one is with the the excuse, we cannot know God. Jesus made a way for us to know God. The third thing that John says about the creator of all things Not only does he want to be near and want to be known, but he desires to be received. Verse 12. God desires that we receive him. God reveals himself through Jesus so that we don't just simply have more knowledge about him, but rather that we may receive him. And we receive God by acknowledging that we need a savior, acknowledging putting our faith and our trust in Jesus, saying, God, we need you. We choose to follow you. And as we do this, something changes. It says he's given us the right to become children of God. Something changes. We're not just knowing him. We're becoming part of a relationship with him. He reveals himself to us if we receive him. And we need to receive him. We need to know about him. Because if we don't know him, and if we don't receive him, how will we be able to trust him? How will we follow him? How will we commit to abide? The question we need to ask ourselves this morning is how will we respond? If Jesus came to reveal to us that the Father wants to be known, the Father wants to draw near to us, and the Father wants us to receive him as a father, How will we respond? Because if we're honest, if we look at the life of Jesus, not only does Jesus reveal the nature of God, but in looking at Jesus, we also see something about the nature of man. When we look at the life of Jesus and how people responded to Jesus, we see something about the nature of man. If we look at these couple of scriptures, we see that there were three distinct responses towards Jesus. Apart from those who did receive him. Others, in verse 5, it speaks about light and darkness, and the darkness had not overcome it. This darkness can also be translated as comprehend or understood it. So Jesus entered the darkness of sin, the darkness of this world, And yet there were some that did not understand. They couldn't comprehend the life of Jesus. They couldn't comprehend the kingdom of God that Jesus was bringing through his life. They struggled to overcome it, to comprehend it. They did not understand it. In verse 10, we see that the world did not know him. In verse 11, that his own did not receive him. Reveals something about the nature of man. Even though we were created by God, we struggle to understand, to know, and to receive Him. So this morning, as we enter into a series of Abide, we need to ask ourselves, as we're entering into this year, how are we responding to Jesus? Do you find your life in darkness? Are you looking ahead of this year and you think, 
There's so much uncertainty and you just you, you find yourself in darkness, struggling. Do you know God? Do you know Him? Because what you know about Him will determine how you respond to Him. And lastly, have you ever received Him as Lord and Savior? Jesus lived among these people. He ministered among these people. And so they knew something about Him. They, they heard about Him. But not everybody received Him. There's a danger that we might know about Him and speak about Him, but not receive Him. So as we enter this year, do you find yourself in darkness? Do you know God and have you ever received God? I want to conclude this morning. As I was thinking and praying over the scripture about this message this morning, I was just thinking about the significance of the way that John introduces Jesus to the world, introduces Jesus to, the, to his re readers. Now think about it. Those of you who are sitting with someone this morning, just pretend with me for a moment. Uh, Travis, if you were to uh, just introduce Marsha, uh, where would you start? If, you, if I invited you guys up to the stage, we're not going to do it. But if I invited you up to the stage and said, Travis, introduce your wife to all of us, where would you start? If you had to introduce the person sitting next to you this morning to us as a church, where would you start? With what will you start? How would you introduce that person? I would start with a name. I think that's polite. Good morning, everyone. This is my wife, Lindry. Don't speak to her as Jonathan's wife. She has a name, Lindry. She, and then I would go on to tell you about her. Something significant because I love her and I deeply appreciate her. And she's such a big part of my life. And I'm going to tell you all the nice things about you because I want you to feel and experience what I experience. I'm going to tell you, she's a fantastic mom, and she's such a great wife, and she's an incredible musician, and it's such a joy to be with her. I'm going to tell you stuff about her. <laughs> Travis, do you want to come up? I'm giving you a platform now. But if you were to introduce someone that you know and you love, that's probably how you would do it. Go, this is their name, and this is all the great things that you need to know about them. Because I want you to know them the way that I know them. If we don't know Jesus, how will we go to the world? This is Jesus, and this is, the, this is everything that you need to know about him. Because I want you to know what I know. Not everything that you've learned and read and stuff. I want you to know the God that I receive. I want you to know the person, the God that has embraced me as his child. I want you to live from the love and the acceptance that I've received from this God. How will the world know if we don't know? If we do not abide in Jesus, and we get to know the Father, get to know Jesus and know His Spirit, how will the world know? Come and meet Jesus. I think He can change your life.
or come and meet Jesus. He's done something in my life that changed me radically. And if he could do it for me, he can do it for you. Do we know Jesus? But how does, how does John start? It doesn't start with the name Jesus. It starts with something else. In the beginning. Think about the significance of this statement. The first thing he's going to tell us about Jesus in the beginning. Why do you think John wants us to know that in the beginning, Jesus was there? First thing that you need to know this morning, the first thing that you need to know the first time you read the letter of John is in the beginning. In the beginning, there was the Word. I feel it's almost like John was trying to convey that John wants us to know that before everything was, he was. Before the beginning of time, before the beginning of the world, before the beginning of this moment, before the beginning of 2022, before the beginning of your life, before the beginning of the circumstances that you're facing, in the beginning, there was Jesus. And it starts with him. He is the beginning. And I believe if we really want to know God, we should stop trying to know who God is in our life and start to discover who we are in His story. He was first, not us. In the beginning was Jesus. And so many of us try to figure out who we are building and living our own story and maybe we should step back for a moment and say, rather seek his story and our part that we play in it. Because in the beginning, he was. And if we put Jesus first, then we discover that in him, there is life. In him, there's a life that God has destined for us. In Him, there's something beautiful that God created for us. In Him, there's grace upon grace, like the Scripture says. In Him, there's this new life. It's the light of God that gives clarity and direction to our souls. In Him, there's this identity of being children of God and acceptance and love. It's in Him, and it's in Him from the beginning. It's Him first, not us. In him was life, and the life was the light to the world. See, to abide or to remain in the Logos, the revealed word of God, the life of Jesus, we need to embrace humility, saying it starts with him. It's about him, and it's for him. And every day, as we let go of our pride and our fear and all the things that screams that it's about us, if we let go of those things and we say, it starts with you, it starts with Jesus, we discover grace upon grace. So this morning, it's an appeal, it's an invitation to each one of us. Do we know Jesus? Do we know God? Have we received Him? Have we embraced him or always living in darkness 
because there's this invitation that if we put Jesus first, we'll discover a new life. And if you've discovered that life, you will know God and the world will know that you know God because you would go, this is my Lord. He's before all, he's in all, and through him he created everything and everything was created for him. And if you would get to know him, it would change your life. May we be a church that's not just speaking about Jesus, but living Jesus to the world. This morning I want to end and I want to create an opportunity for you to pray. Thinking about these questions. Where do you find yourself? Do you know God? And have you ever received Him as your Lord and Savior? This morning, there's an opportunity for you to say, I'm going to put Jesus first. Maybe you've known Him. Maybe you've gone through a season where you've just lost touch of relationship with Him. You started living for yourself. This is the moment where you say, Jesus, I'm putting you first. My day, I'm going to put you first. My life, I'm going to put you first. That thing that I'm facing, I'm going to put you first. So there we are. Don't you want to close your eyes? Don't you want to speak to God now? Just that word, speak to God. What a great privilege that is. In a couple of moments, don't you want to either thank Him that you may know Him, that you've received Him for the new life. May you ask Him that He would come and reveal Himself even more to you this year. May you know Him deeply and more. All of you sitting here this morning, you know you don't know Him. You're in darkness. I want to pray with you. And if you know you need to embrace Jesus as Lord and Savior this morning, you want to open your hands in front of you. as a sign of surrender, a sign of laying down. Would you pray with me? Lord, I'm sorry that I've lived for myself. I'm sorry that I've put so many other things in front of you. Lord, this morning I'm turning to you. And I pray that you would forgive me. I pray that you would forgive me to find, trying to find significance and so many other things. And things outside of you. But this morning I'm choosing to put you first. I'm choosing to make you my Lord my Savior. And I want to thank you that what you've done is enough, Lord. And I pray now that you would fill me with your Spirit. May you empower me and help me to live a life that follows you, that puts you first in everything. Thank you, Lord, that I know in this moment you're doing a great work and you're starting something new. You're giving me new life, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Help me that I may know the Father that I may honor you. Help me that I may help others know you. As I put you first this morning. And Lord, we thank you as a church that in you there's grace upon grace, Lord. And knowing that nothing that we go through, nothing that 
we experience will separate us from your love. And Lord, I pray for us as a church, Lord, that we will be a church that knows you, that lives from your presence, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would grace us so that others may know you because of our lives. Lord, I pray that you would go ahead of us in this week, Lord, in our prayer and fasting. I pray for intimate moments with you, Lord. But Lord, I pray that you would help us, that we put you first in everything we do. Because Lord, by faith we declare this morning, it's about you, it's all for you. And Lord, we just want to be part of your story. For yours is the kingdom and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you.